How do you even get started with online gaming? And what is this Fantasy Grounds thing we keep hearing about? Welcome back, Rescuers. I'm your host, Che Webster, and this is Roleplay Rescue. I've been getting a lot of questions about getting started with online gaming, and frankly, I've been really struggling to pull together an episode addressing those questions. Because I'm not an expert on the topic, I decided to reach out to someone who truly is an expert, at least on the subject of the most versatile virtual tabletop tool out there. Today, we're going to have a chat about getting started with online gaming, and especially about getting started with Fantasy Grounds. This is Series 2, Episode 7. Rob Tui has been playing Dungeons and Dragons since 1981. He has a strong passion for the hobby, and he brings that enthusiasm to the community by hosting live games and tutorials for the D&D 5e community via Twitch and YouTube. Rob has a dedicated line of products supporting the Fantasy Grounds virtual tabletop available through the Dungeon Masters Guild, and you can support him via his Patreon. Being a semi-retired stand-up comedian, Rob also has a published book on the topic entitled Starting Stand-Up Comedy. Hello, and welcome to the show, Rob. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I almost cried during that intro. Uh, no one's ever, <laughs> no one's ever <laughs> given me quite so, uh, so fantastic of an intro. Thank you, and uh, I'm glad to be here. So which do you prefer, player, GM? What do you want to be? Um, I... Player and DM, I, you know, uh, that's that's been a, a point of contention with me personally for a long time, because mm-hmm. there's the difference between a GM and a DM. A DM is specifically for D and D, and a GM game master is for all RPGs. And I usually only play, or at least DM, D and D. I've played other RPGs, but D and D is my passion. You're a f- exclusive player of Dungeons and Dragons. That's right. I've played uh, Cthulhu. I've played Castles and Crusades. I've played Tunnels and Trolls. I've played Star Trek. Uh, you know, I've played uh, many different RPGs. But yeah, D and D, and especially uh, especially D and D Five E is my passion. And I started with uh, first edition. As a matter of fact, I just purchased a brand new pristine mint condition of the Dungeons and Dragons Rules Cyclopedia for one hundred and fifty dollars wow. because. Uh, uh, another member of my community is going to run on Fantasy Grounds a first edition game, and wow. so I needed to go back through those rules. But uh, yeah, I'm a D and D guy all the way through. Fantastic, and you're a DM. Yes, absolutely. I uh, started, as you said, in '81 playing, and I fell in love with the game. I, I played it for about six years, uh, all through when I went uh, as a teenager in high school, and then and then in uh, when I went in the army. And then I took a break for like 22 years, and I came back to fourth edition, which yeah. I loved until I found out about fifth edition. And then fourth edition <laughs> seemed, you know, I'm an edition wars guy. I don't really like fourth edition now that fifth edition's out. But I started DMing in fourth edition, and continued that through. And now I do the the Twitch and the YouTube and everything else. So um, I'm having a good time doing that. And I love when I get opportunities to play. I love to play. Because you obviously don't have to think as much. <laughs> and my thing is laziness. I want to do as little as possible. <laughs> <laughs> don't we all? So what is it you most enjoy about Dungeons & Dragons? Uh, <clears throat> I think uh, I think what I enjoyed about it as a youngster 
was just what you think you would enjoy, which is, you know, fantastical, imaginative play. Uh, I am a mechanics guy. I do enjoy the combat more than the role playing. But even as a kid with my friends, you know, from playing on the weekends and everything, uh, just immersing into a game that seemed so foreign and so new. Uh, you know, we were playing it seven years after it was invented, but we didn't know about it till then. And it, it just seemed like a fantastic new thing. And now as an adult, what I enjoy about it most is community, especially online, because, you know, you have your home groups where you play around the kitchen table. But that's hard to keep up, especially people move away or they get different yeah. lives or they they develop families. This foreign concept, people keep mentioning to me about family. I don't know. It has to do with a spouse and children. <laughs> I don't know what it is. But uh online at least you can you can then you have the planet earth as your as your playing field your your uh, group of people and just the joking around and having fun and having a place to meet and having a common thing uh and D&D now is way more popular you know when when I was a kid it was not cool to play D&D you were a devil worshipper <laughs> and you know all this bad stuff was was said about it and now it's just, uh, you know, we've got Hollywood people and it's it's the cool. Th and I kind of don't like that it's so popular. When I started streaming uh, in 2015, there had already been people streaming D&D, &D, but I was one of like five people. Now there are hundreds of people doing it. Wow. Yeah. It really has grown, hasn't it? It's the, you know, the 5e explosion, I guess. Yeah, I agree. It is. And it's more popular now than ever. It's just it's just going crazy. And that makes it a good opportunity to come back to the hobby, I guess. Yeah, I'd say if people are uh, uh, thinking about coming back, because uh, a lot of people, I hear that story all the time. I hear about people that played, you know, first edition or second edition or even three or three point five, and they and they don't play anymore. But if mm. you're thinking about returning to the hobby, uh, I mean, of course there are many RPGs available and many popular ones, but D and D is uh, the way they have the fifth edition is so easy to learn, especially if you've played before. It sounds like the biggest barrier you had before to getting a game was finding players, and you seem to be suggesting that getting online is the solution to that. Is that fair? Yeah, that is fair. Um, there are, I don't know how many, I would say hundreds of thousands of people online who are anxious to play and meet up with other people who can get a game going. And it is... It is tough uh, because, you know, you if you want to play a one-shot, that's easy. But if you want to get a campaign going, you've got to find a group of four or five, six people that are going to commit to, you know, Wednesday nights for a year. And yeah. uh, that's tough to do. But once you once you get a stable of people that you know and that you uh, interact with, uh, you know, whether you have a Discord server or whether you're just doing it on, you know, Reddit or Facebook or whatever it is, uh, you can you can get – you can find these people – and if you're if you're willing to be a a DM or a GM, that is that's the power right there. There's there's enough players, but there's not enough uh, people running games. So if you if you say you're going to run a campaign, you will not have trouble finding players. <laughs> that's good news. <laughs> um, I was kind of curious about like the low points. Um, what would you say is the worst point in your role playing hobby then? <laughs> well, my, uh, I've told this story many times. I, my worst point was my first day. All right. So in 1981, uh, I befriended a, a guy at high school. He was carrying the player's handbook around with him in the halls of high school, and we were in like ninth grade. Yeah. And he, uh, I was like, what is that? And he, he told me all about it, and I said, okay, I'm in. What? Let's do it. 
And, you know, he would be made fun of. He even got beat up a couple times because yeah. he was carrying around this devil's Bible, you know, in his uh, – and, and we, we were not – this wasn't a Christian high school or anything. This was just regular public high school. But anyway, uh, he convinced me to come over. We, we, we poured over the player's handbook and the Dungeon Master's Guide for hours and hours. I'd say four hours making characters, and I was really excited. And he had invited this kid. Uh, we, we were 15, and this kid was 12 that came to be the DM because he had played before. His name was Kevin. And I, we had never, I had never met him. Uh, my friend that introduced me to him knew who he was. And so we, we take all this time. I mean, you can just imagine making a character for the first time and how much intricate detail goes into it. I ended yeah. up getting a, a wizard, which back then you rolled a D4 for your hit points. I had two hit points. <laughs> and I was a first level wizard. And then we, we got into the game, you know, we were in this basement around this like, you know, Oak pool table or whatever with a top on it. And we were, you know, down in a dark base, just picture it's the typical D and D. Uh, if you saw the commercials on YouTube for the D and D back in the day, or if you think about yeah. stranger things, the show stranger things, that's exactly what we were doing. Mm -hmm. And so we get all ready and we're, we're all fantastically excited and we start the game and the DM, this 12 year old, punk kid says okay you're you're walking through the center of town and uh you come upon a, a stack of hay and uh you know like a wagon and, and and everything and and then he starts scribbling a note and he slides <laughs> me the note i haven't done anything i haven't even said a word he slides right. me the note and I, I i pick the note up and i i read it and the note says you've been shot with a crossbow bolt in the chest you are dead. Do not say anything to the other players. Please remain silent. <laughs> and I said, I threw the note on the middle of the table on top of my like, you know, diet Coke and crackers or whatever. And I said, fuck you and fuck this game. And I'm fucking out of here. And I went to, I went to lift the table and flip it, but it was like an 800 pound Oak pool table. And so I'm just struggling, trying to lift it. And, you know, and then I just, and my, I'm storming out of the room and that's it. That's it. D and D fucking sucks. I'm never going to play this game. And I'm walking out and my friend stopped me and he brought me back and he said, Hey, Kevin, don't, that's lame, dude. We just, we spent four hours making a game and he's out already. That's fucking stupid. <laughs> and so then we regrouped and had my friend not pulled me back. I wouldn't be speaking to you today. Wow. God, Cocky, what a douche. <laughs> that's basically what I, what he I'm was thinking. a douche. Oh wow! So, okay. So where did it go from there? Uh, we we actually played a, a game, and you know I didn't die. <laughs> I got to <laughs> I got to cast some spells, and it's funny because I don't really remember most of it. I because that's what I remember is yeah. being killed within the first three seconds. And uh, but I did fall in love with the game from it, and we never had him as a DM again. Once he DM'd that one session. We, uh, um, my friend who introduced me to it, he started to DM, and so we we played on weekends for a few yeah. years, and then I joined the army, and then uh, a couple of guys when I went to Korea, a couple of guys uh, were there, and uh, we we started D D group, and uh, we played, and we we played Dragonlance, which I was so in love with, and as a matter of fact, oh, wow. I always say to people. Uh, you know, in my act when I was when I was doing stand up, I had a line where I said, "I don't really read per se." Kind of a highbrow. I'm using per se to tell people that I'm not a reader, <laughs> which means I'm not smart, and so people love that. But I I've really only read like eight fiction books in my entire life. That's not a joke. I've only read eight books: Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, <laughs> Lion the Witch in the Wardrobe, the Star Wars trilogy, and then the Dragonlance original trilogy. And I really really love the Dragonlance mm. trilogy. 
uh, I read it when I was in the army during like downtime when I was bored. But then we played D and D, and we had such a fun. You know, all those old modules, DL one through DL sixteen. That's what, what we were playing, yeah, and we just were having it. a blast. It was just so fun. And I'm hoping. You know, I even started a petition on Change.org a couple of weeks ago. We've got 1,100 signatures so far, but uh, bring back Dragonlance for 5e. And uh, I I emailed I emailed Wizards of the Coast. You know they did not respond. I even know a couple people there, but they they are not responding to me. They're acting like I don't exist, uh, <laughs> which either means they're never going to do it, or it means there's something going on and they can't acknowledge it to me because it's a big secret. So they just didn't mm. respond. But yeah, Dragonlance is my favorite. I hope they I hope they do do it. Mm. Wow, yeah. I mean, I love that. That was the thing that I think got me into D anD. d You know, we used to play it on and off, and uh, I played other games. But when the Dragonlance stuff came out, um, those modules got you know we played those to death. So that was awesome. Stuff. Yeah, super fun. And you say you had a, what twenty two years out of the hobby? I was. I I left. Uh, I left Korea uh, in nineteen eighty seven, and I was like twenty one and. Mm. Uh, I came home and then I just uh, went to college and got jobs and just didn't have a group of people that either reminded me to play or mentioned it to me and I kind of just forgot about it. Yeah. And then uh, I got I got sick. I was living in Los Angeles being a, an actor and a comedian and I got sick. I had a, a bad liver and, and in 2008 they diagnosed me with liver's disease. And because I didn't have family or a girlfriend or anything, you know, and no support system in California, they sent me to home. They said, you got to move back to your home state to get a liver transplant. We, we won't give you one in California. And I was like, well, California sucks. And so when I came home and I was really sick and I kind of didn't really have anything to do. So I found, you know, I went on like meetup.com or one of these websites and found that they were uh, playing at the local gaming stores. And I went and did – it's Adventurers League now, but it was originally called – for fourth edition, it was called uh, something else, and I can't remember the name off the top of my head. But it was where you go to the local store and meet people and play. And then because of that, you know, you just – you end up becoming friends with people, and they say, oh, well, what, you're, you're awesome. Come to my house and play in my home game. Okay, fine. And it just sort of built from there. And then in uh, 2014, I had a liver transplant, and uh, I came I came home from that. And was just kind of convalescing and looking for something to do. And in late 2015, I, I, I discovered Fantasy Grounds, and that was all she wrote. I mean, <laughs> I saw this Fantasy Grounds program, and I was like, oh, my God. I didn't even know such a thing was possible. Mm. And so then I, I dove right in head first. I bought everything. I, I did it all. And, and you know, flash forward to today, and I'm I'm a – a contracted employee of SmiteWorks for their social media team, and I've developed uh, 39 items in this in the SmiteWorks store for Fantasy Grounds, and I've got 113 items on the DMs Guild. So I went hog wild crazy with, uh, you know, making things for this uh, gaming. I just fell in love with it. That's probably why I um, asked you to come on here, really. I've been getting loads and loads of um, requests from listeners about, like, you know, come on, tell us, how do we get online gaming? What are the top things? Obviously, everyone has their opinion. You know, the OSR guys are playing on Discord. Uh, most people seem to think that Roll20 is the best thing since sliced bread. 
Um, and of course, every time you talk about fantasy grounds, everyone's negative. So if you don't mind, what I want to do is grill you about, you know, first of all, what you think about the other stuff and then why fantasy grounds. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. So, I mean, if you're coming back to the hobby and you want to play online, what's your advice? Just first of all, let's start there. What's your advice? So if you want to play online, uh, the first thing you need to do is find people to do that with, uh, the platform that you use can really be any of the platforms. I mean, they all have their strengths and weaknesses. I'm obviously biased. I'll state that up front. I'm very biased toward Fantasy Grounds, but there's reasons for that. Uh, so the two big ones are Roll20 and Fantasy Grounds, and then there are others. You can even drill down and, and use Tabletop Simulator on Steam, but you have to, you know, you have to create your own environment to do that. Hmm. Uh, and then there's a few other uh, VTTs, virtual tabletops out there. Um, there's some, some big differences. So the, the person really has to decide, uh, you know, what kind of person they are. I mean, it, it, there, I mean, this is going to be a rough, <laughs> this is answering these questions are going to be rough because there's so many variables and there's so many like tangential thoughts about why to do certain things. One of the biggest considerations is that roll 20 is browser based. So it's all in a it's all in a browser on the internet, whereas Fantasy Grounds is all client side. So you download a program and it's actually on your machine. Mm. So there's pros and cons to both. You know, like if the if the internet goes down, then you know, or if if you're if you're if they if that site crashes, then you've got no game. Whereas if you know if you're using Fantasy Grounds, it's all client side. So you still need the internet connection, but you can do LAN games and other things like that. So there's pros and cons either way you look at it. The mm. reason I actually started with Roll20, but but the, the reason I didn't continue with it is because I, as a matter of fact, I never even played a game on Roll20. I went to go make a character and it was a nightmare and I couldn't do it and I didn't <laughs> know what was going on. And then I went to make a character with Fantasy Grounds and it was so easy. And so then that, that was kind of my decision. So I never actually even played a game on roll 20 we had one set up there was going to be a dm uh, that was going to dm a group of friends of ours he, he lived in germany and it got postponed a week and then three weeks and then a month and then and then and then he canceled so we just never played mm. so i've heard it said that a lot of people on roll 20 is a lot more of a transient community on there um some people have made that accusation you know there's people on there and you might get a game it's good for one-offs um but holding a campaign together on there is a lot a lot more difficult they say that uh, people have said to me anyway, you know, that getting players to commit over there is much harder. Um, whereas the Fantasy Grounds guys tend to be a little bit more you know, stayed with it. But I don't know if there's any truth to that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I can't speak to that myself because I, I haven't been one of the people who've been playing on Roll20, so I don't, I don't know that. But I do mm. know that the Fantasy Grounds community is uh, fiercely loyal to the product and also uh one of the best things about the fg community whether you're talking about their forums or their discord server or the fantasy grounds college uh discord server the community or my discord server the community is very welcoming and very helpful you can ask a question like if you don't know something or you need to know how to do something you can mm -hmm. post your question and 15 people will come to your rescue it's it's just amazing um the other thing to consider is cost. Uh, so if you're a player, 
you can pretty much use either one of these platforms for free. If you're a dungeon master or a game master and you want to have people connect to you and and use materials and have all the the fancy push buttons and everything else of the programs, then there's an expense. And there's a very big there's a giant uh I, what's the word when people are wrong about some misconception, I think is the word I'm looking for. Um Everybody seems to think that Roll20 is less expensive than Fantasy Grounds, and that's absolutely not true. How that got started, I don't know. Maybe people are just doing simple math and not not diving deeper into it. But, for example, if you want to do all the bells and whistles on Roll20, you have to pay $99 per year. And if you want to do all the bells and whistles on fantasy grounds you have to pay 149 dollars one time so yes 99 is less than 149 that is true <laughs> but 99 times the rest of your life is much much more than 149 one time the mm. other thing to consider about fantasy grounds is that if you're buying official material like say for example you want to get uh you know some of these wizards of the coast uh, modules that have all the maps and the tokens and the automation in it you want the player's handbook, the dungeon master's guide, the monster manual, couple adventures, curse of Strahd, uh, tomb of horror, you know, whatever, whatever you want to get. Those items on roll twenty and all the other VTTs that I know about are full MSRP prices. So, for the curse of Strahd, for example, you're going to pay forty nine ninety five or whatever that price is. Hmm. All of the modules that are available on Fantasy Grounds, for whatever reason, are priced at fifty percent off. Plus, they have further discounts. If you buy a package of them, they give you further discount if you do a, what's called a bundle and everything. So yeah. you always see, if you go to Reddit or, or Facebook or anything, you always see people saying, oh, well, Fantasy Grounds is so expensive. I don't want to pay all that money. Yet, if you were DMing at Roll20, you'd be paying exponentially greater fees than you would at Fantasy Grounds. So I, I don't know how that got started. <laughs> uh, but you know, I'm here to clear the record that, that Fantasy Grounds is not more expensive than Roll20. It's far, far less. That's nailed one of my questions for me. That's great. <laughs> um, so, I mean, come on then. Why is it your chosen flat platform? Why do you fall in love with it? Well, I started to play. You know, I downloaded the demo, which is free. And I I hooked into a guy's game. I got invited to a Star Trek game. We were playing Star Trek using Savage World's rule set. Uh-huh. And so that seemed really fun. But as I said before, I'm not I'm less a role player and more of a mechanics guy. And these mm. games, even though it was using Fantasy Grounds, it was me getting up at six AM on Sundays and connecting to Fantasy Grounds and getting on the like the TeamSpeak server. And these guys were all heavy role players. So they would it would be three hours of talking and we rolled dice twice. And I'm like, Okay, this mm. might not be the game for me. <laughs> so I finally did find a D and D game. And got into that, and I, I, uh, I got in, I got hooked into Adventurers League Online, which was an easy place to go because there was always people who wanted to get into games. Hmm. And I just started building up my tolerance for playing online, and then I finally decided, you know what, I'm just going to start my own games. So in late 2000, by the by the end of 2015, early 16, I was streaming. I had no idea. I'd never streamed before. I don't know. I didn't know what OBS was. I didn't know how to stream. I just downloaded it and pushed a button, and I built it from there. And I'm still I'm still three years later tweaking things. I don't know mm. what the hell I'm doing, 
But I started to play and I started to invite people. And at one point in mid-2016, I was playing in 10 games a week, eight of which I was DMing and two of which I was playing in. And eight of those 10 were online and two in person. Mm-hmm. And that lasted for, you know, six or eight months. And I'm like, OK, I got to scale this back. This is going to kill me. <laughs> so, I, you know, I eventually got into a groove of where I was comfortable with what I was doing, uh, like my schedule now is I, I broadcast five days a week, uh, every day at 6 p.m. Pacific time, uh, UTC minus eight, 6 p.m. I'm broadcasting on Twitch unless it's Tuesday or Thursday. So if there's, if it's any of the other days besides Tuesday and Thursday, I'm having a show. Uh, some of those are shows just about fantasy grounds. Some of them are module creations. Some of them are actual games. So it just depends on what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I have a great time doing it and it took me this long to get my schedule to where I could handle it. And it's still a lot of material. Uh, but my love for that, that platform in particular came from when we were playing one time and, you know, you would, uh, in, in fantasy grounds, there's much, there's almost everything is automated. It's all just automatically done for you. So right. some of the spells weren't, weren't automated fully. But we knew how to code them. You know, Fantasy Grounds has a great wiki that teaches you. Like, if you if you want to make sure that, uh, you know, when you roll your damage and you're you're doing, you know, you're smiting somebody, it's an extra two d eight. Well, you would have to manually add that. But there's codes that you can put in Fantasy Grounds that will do that for you. Mm-hmm. So we would stop the game, and you know, every all the players would get mad at me, and I'm like, no, no, but you don't understand. Once we code this, uh we only have to do it once and then we'll always have it. And they're like, Oh yeah. Okay. That's good. And then eventually they said, you know what, Rob, why don't you just do all the spells in the game and just be done with it? <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, that's crazy. What are you talking? We'll just do them as we get to them. And they're like, no, no, just do them all. And then you can sell it on DM scale. And I'm like, wait, what's this idea now? Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. And so I did that. And now, you know, DMs guild is really blown up for me. I mean, I started in January of 2016, posting on the dms guild as a lark like thinking oh yeah this will never be anything and forty six thousand us dollars later i was very wrong wow yeah so it's become a really good thing for me and uh people i get emails or or personal messages almost every day of people that say it's basically the same idea they, they say it different ways but they're basically saying to me thank you so much rob for doing this our fantasy grounds games run faster and smoother because of your codes <clears throat> and the reason I even developed those was just out of frustration. I, I wanted things mm-hmm. to go. I wanted everything to be automatic. So up to this point, I've got everything that there is that can be coded, coded. And they're all available as a package, right? <laughs> yeah, they're all available as a package on the DM scale. But what I love is you can, you know, the, the best thing about Fantasy Grounds, like say, for example, you're at your ca- kitchen table and somebody casts Fireball. You have to go, okay, let's see. who All these targets... And then we got to roll eight d six, and now we got to we got to half the damage if they saved on their okay. Everybody roll save, you know, and it's an it's a half hour to figure out fireball. <laughs> yeah. In in fantasy grounds, you target all the targets, you cast fireball, and you it it does all the saves automatically. You roll the damage, it halves it automatically, it applies it to the right people, and it's done. It's two seconds. Plus, you know, a million dice go thrown into the chat and blow up the the screen. It's awesome. It's so fun. <laughs> Isn't selecting targets, if I remember correctly, isn't that like basically holding control and clicking on the characters you want to affect? Yeah, you can you can do that. There's also a thing that allows you, 
Like if you know you're going to get all the enemies, like say there's 20 enemies in your 20 yeah. foot radius, you can just click one button that targets all enemies. Oh wow! So it, it really is just super automated and fun. So basically, about two clicks and you're fireballed. Yeah, right? two clicks and you're fireballed, and it's over. And people are like, "Wait, what? That's we move on to the next attack now? Is that it? It's over?" Hmm. But it's just really awesome, and I I I have so much fun with the automation, uh, and and I just love that. As a as a DM, it's so much fun for me to watch players do it, and then you know do whatever I do with my NPCs, my monsters that I'm attacking with. Hmm. Um, and you know the maps and the tokens, uh, you know the beautiful artwork that you can have in there. Basically, any any map that you want can be put into Fantasy Grounds and gridded out. Uh, you know, all, all of the character making is super easy. Yeah. Um, making a character in Fantasy Grounds can even though it's automated you have to drag in all your your class your race your your feats uh you know your spells it's all and your equipment the equipment takes the longest time so making a fantasy grounds character typically would take a person about 30 or 40 minutes i've got it down to where you can make one in eight minutes wow fully coded out with all your equipment all your spells everything so it's pretty awesome Sounds it. And people tell me, you know, I keep getting, I mean, I play Fantasy Grounds and I find it okay, but a lot of people tell me they don't want to use it or they don't, they're worried about using it because it's just too hard to learn. What do you say? Yeah. So there, I'll be, I'll be very honest. There is a learning curve, but the learning curve is worth it. There's, you know, people can think back to things in their life where they're like, oh my God, it's going to be so much. I have to learn how to do this. But then once they did, they were so glad that they put in the time. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is that there's a there's a place on the internet called Fantasy Grounds College. Uh, FantasyGroundsCollege.net is their website. They have a Discord server as well, and that has about uh, over four thousand members on their Discord server. And the whole idea of that entire Discord server and the whole and their internet uh, website is just to teach people how to use Fantasy Grounds. It's all free. It's all volunteers. They actually have classes. They have DM 101, Combat 101, Map Making 101. You know, they have all these classes yeah. that they set up. This originally started in July of 2017, and the guy who put it together started. He he first called it Fantasy Grounds Church, and it was going to be right. they just were going to meet on Sundays only. And I said, first of all, get rid of that name. <laughs> and second of all, you're gonna. This is gonna blow up, and it's not gonna be one day a week. It's gonna be every hour of your life, which has come to fruition. So they, they he switched it to Fantasy Grounds College, and it's just twenty four seven now. And he's got people that help him, and it's it's really awesome. So people that are intimidated by Fantasy Grounds because they think it's too hard or too much to learn, all they would have to do is go over and take one or two classes from the people at fantasy grounds college and they will literally be an expert right away. Like it, it, mm. they'll know everything they need to know. And it does have a lot of things to it. There's a, the manual I think is 157 pages. And after three years of what I consider myself to be an expert, I still learn things all the time. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm the person who puts out the uh, fantasy grounds Fridays tip on Twitter and Facebook and every once in a while i'll learn something i'll be like, oh i didn't know that and then i'll make that a tip <laughs> you know <laughs> you know the, the resistance to using these programs you know i know it's incredible actually um you know you talk about cost you talk about difficulty and all those things and and i've had people saying to me well i just get on discord why can't we just 
play by talking, you know, or I get on Google Plus Hangouts, you know, whatever it is, they'll die in a month. But, you know, they get on there yeah. and they want to play like that. Why, why, why are people so resistant? What do you think? Well, I'll, I, can, I have a story that I can articulate that with. So one of the guys that lives here in my town, I live in Spokane, Washington, uh, in the United States. And and uh, th- there's a guy here that I met, and he, he's an older guy. He's probably in he's probably 70. And he right. like like just to give you an example, he GM'd Gary Gygax at Gen Con one, you know, like that's that's this kind of guy. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. So um, he was very resistant. He's like, hey, man, come over to my house. It's all pencil and paper and dice and mats and miniatures. Like, that's how we do it. And I'm like, okay, uh uh-huh. And, you know, I played a few years at his house. And then I said, I'm going to DM. And then one day I brought my computer. And he's like, why do you have that? And I go, well, I want to show you something. And I was DMing a new campaign. And I said, you guys go ahead and write your characters on your paper and your pencils. You guys can roll dice. I'm just going to use this screen for what's called a combat tracker. So instead of keeping on paper, I'm just going to keep track of it on my, on my uh, computer. And they're like, okay. Mm-hmm. And then I said, here's the second laptop. And I said, we're not going to use a, we're not going to use minis and a mat. We're going to just use this screen here. So I made a second laptop with just the map on it. Mm-hmm. And these guys, there was five guys over there and they were so old school. And even uh, one guy was this guy's. I'm talking about his son. He was like only like 26 years old. And they're so resistant. They did not want anything to do with computers. They hated the whole idea. And by the end of that session, they were all on their feet, crowded around the laptop with the map going, no, no, move my guy over here. Move him over here. <laughs> and they were all super excited about it. And they're like, what is this? And I'm like, this is called Fantasy Grounds. And then I DM the whole Princes of the Apocalypse campaign with them. And uh, by the end of the campaign, they were all into Fantasy Grounds and they wanted to learn how to get it and download it on their on their uh, computers. And there's actually people this is kind of funny. This is the same thing as, you know, two girls sitting at Starbucks with their phones in their hands, completely silent. <laughs> and then one of them goes, I know, right? And then you discover that they're just texting each other sitting at the same table at Starbucks. That <laughs> yeah. that, that always blew me. So this is the same kind of thing. There are groups who play fantasy grounds, but they're in they all have laptop computers around one table and they're just using and we've actually done that. There's uh, we we've had a couple of we've had three trips. Some of the people from my Discord server, we we did what was called Denver and Dragons, yeah. and we went we did it in Denver twice, and then in Whistler, BC, one time we called that Whistler and Wizards, and we we did we just rented a giant house with like seven bedrooms and got together and just played Fantasy Grounds for like a whole week around the table, hmm. and that th- those videos are on YouTube when when we did that. But yeah, it's just. It's just super fun, and I, I think people that are resistant to it. My my advice for for anybody that's like, with you know, at arm's length with their hand out, like no, 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 is just try it once or twice, or even you know, come by like on Wednesday nights. I have a, what's called five E pickup games, and it's just what it sounds like. It's like a it's like a pickup basketball game, only in, instead of sports ball, it's D and D. And you can literally come by. All you need is get the free demo. And you can play in my game, and you can test it out, and uh, see if you like it. You know that that's and and there's other people that will let you in their games as well. But I my my specific Wednesday night game is just for that. It's just for new people to come test it. Now most of the same people who love to play show up all the time, so they're not new anymore. But 
we always welcome anybody who's new that wants to try it out to come, you know, check it out. And you can literally play for two hours and see what you think. All right. I'm going to circle back to price for a second. $149 for the ultimate license, one-time payment. What are you getting for that? Yeah, so you can buy uh, – so so there's three pricing structures. One is free, which means you can connect to somebody else who has a license, and you don't have to pay anything. So if you have a gaming group and there's a person in your gaming group, like say Tina, the DM, and she always is the DM. So she, you can all pitch in or she can just buy the ultimate license, and then all of the players can connect to her for free and never have to buy anything. So the demo license is free, and you can connect to somebody with a license. The other two pricing structures are uh, the different levels of license. The standard license is $40, $39. And if you have that license, you can connect one demo player, and then any other player connecting to you also has to have a license. Right. If you have the ultimate license, which is $149 one time, then any number of players, whether they have a license or not, can connect to you. So if you have a gaming group that has eight people in it, uh, you know, everybody could pitch in, you know, whatever it is, 18 times eight is 140, whatever I, the math is, and, uh, you know, get the DM the license, and then everybody everybody can connect to that person without having to pay. Uh the only uh, to make it more affordable, the licenses are also available as monthly fees. So if you don't want to pay the forty dollar license, you can pay three ninety nine a month and have that license. And if you don't want to pay the hundred and forty nine dollar fee, you can pay nine ninety nine a month and still have that same license. So the main thing that you're paying for is ha- is being able to have players connect to you. That's mainly what the money is that you're giving out. Um, and I know a lot of groups that get together and everybody puts in 20 bucks and then they just have their, you know, one person has the license. Yeah. I mean, once you're at four players, you know, you got GM and three players, you might as well just go ultimate buy it. It's one time, right? Yeah, exactly. It's just one time. And I mean, that, that, again, I go back to the, to the roll 20 scenario where people are like, oh, roll 20 is only 99. That's a 99 per year. That's every year. I mean, who wants to. (laughs) <laughs> when I heard yeah. that, I was like, oh, my God, how do they even do that? Yeah, that's something I like about it. When I um, run my – I've got Cousin Crusade going at the moment. And um, it's nice to be able to say to people, you know, if you come and connect, it's free. You know, that's easy. Yeah. Um, I got the ultimate license, not an issue. Um, and also what I like is you can sh- you seem to be able to share the data packages as well. So if you've got a player connecting, they can access the things that you have – Ooh. Yeah, absolutely. So if you've bought, like I have, I own all the 5e material, right? I have the player's mm. handbook, the, the DMG, the monster, every, all the adventures, everything. As a matter of fact, I'm a nut, I'm a nutcase. I buy the all the hard, <laughs> hard books. I'm, I've got everything on DM, uh, D&D Beyond, and I've got it all. I buy it all three times. It's just insane. Uh, and you don't need to do that. I'm just crazy. But um, yeah, so when all my players connect, uh, they have access to everything that I have on my table. They just open up their library and they can see the player's handbook and they can see, uh, well, there's certain things you don't want them to see, right? Like, I, you know, I don't give them access to the monster manual because then they'll cheat. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, anything that you have, they can have access to. Uh, and they, they don't need to buy those things. You know, if your DM has it, then you don't need it. 
So, I mean, come on, tell me about your motivation. What keeps you going these days then? Uh, you seem to be in love with the community. Is that the thing? Yeah, like I don't, I don't want to get too sappy, but I, when I get a, when I get an email or a, a personal message on my Discord, that is just a thank you. You know, like I, I believe me, I get, I get ten times as many questions. Like, oh my god, I, I tried to do this and I, it didn't work. How do I fix it? You know, I get a lot of those, right? And they're like, okay, fine. You know, make your customers happy. But when I just get a thank you, that, that really, I mean, it tugs at my heartstrings because. I never cons- I was a stand-up comedian and I I did that so that I could I never did it to get rich and famous and thank God because I'm not but uh, <laughs> but I did it to make people laugh I wanted to make people laugh and so with with fantasy grounds running the games and making the the items for the DMs guild and also helping other authors a big part of what I do is I I work with other authors who have created you know adventures or, or other type PDFs and I translate those to fantasy grounds so people mm-hmm. can use it with with the software and just when people thank me i'm like okay well that makes it all worth it because somebody you know i've i've improved some other human being's life for five minutes and that that you know mm. to me that's that's at least uh you know because one one of the big things i mean I, i'm not a religious guy i'm not you know i'm not i'm not really into that kind of thing but when i did wake up from my liver surgery i did say to myself okay well i have to do something to make this worth it you know, some some person died, and I got their liver. So I need to, I need to somehow, you know, make my life mean something. And I didn't set out to do this. It wasn't my plan to be a, like a coder for Fantasy Grounds and and do their social media team and you know all the things that have sort of fallen into place wasn't my. I didn't draw that out on a on a map and say, okay, here's how I'm going to do it. But because I ended up where I am today with the streaming and the YouTube and the and everything else that I'm doing, just when people thank me. That 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 adds a week, you know. I mean, every thank you mm. I do adds a week to the lifespan of how of you know me wanting to do this. I just want to keep going with it. You leave me speechless. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I you know, I, yeah, I, I've uh, you haven't got me to cry yet, but I have on I have on podcasts before, <laughs> even when, on video ones. So come on in. Um, tell me what I, we need to know that I haven't asked you. What, what is it that you want to say that we haven't asked you? Um, I. I don't think anything because I, I really do I really did want to stress to people um, the misconception about uh, fantasy grounds being expensive, which it's not, and fantasy grounds being difficult or hard to learn, which it's not. If you if you it seems that way if you watch the videos of people using it, it should all make sense, and that would be my suggestion. I, I just want people to know and to give it a try. Uh, either watch watch YouTube videos of people using Fantasy Grounds, yeah. or come and, and play. And you know, get and twice a year they have online conventions that are free. You can just go sign up, and you don't have to play D anD D. You can play Cthulhu or Roll or uh, 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 Pathfinder or you know any of these other RPGs. Almost any RPG can be played. We talk a lot about D anD D, obviously, but almost any RPG, if not any RPG, can be played using Fantasy Grounds because they have what's called a core RPG rule set, which is just basic dice and, and basic functionality to, to keep track of, you know, combat or anything else that you want to do. Hmm. And there's also community uh, rule sets. So if there's not an official rule set, then the community's probably made one. Like I know they've made one for Traveler. They've made one for the Star Wars games, um, hmm. Edge of the Empire and stuff like that. So there's always... Um, 
there's always stuff available for use with fantasy grounds that just a lot of people don't even know about. And like I say, I, I found it in late 2015 and I had no, it just blew my mind because I had no, no idea that such a thing existed. Fantasy grounds itself has been around since I think 2004. Mm-hmm. And in 2011 or 12 or 13, right in there is when, uh, Doug Davison and, uh, and John uh, bought the company and, you know, kind of took it over and made it their own. It was invented by mm-hmm. people, I think, in Finland. But, yeah, I just I just wish my main message for people would just be give it a shot. Like if you haven't tried it uh, or even if you have tried it and thought it was difficult, you know, download that demo and go to Fantasy Grounds College and you know ask for some help and and take a class or two again it's all free it doesn't cost you anything to do it just time thanks rob um last question i I guess i want to ask is someone who's not played 5e why would you recommend it 5e is is a good recommendation for rpgs because it's rules light what i mean by that i mean there are a lot of rules but what i mean by that is the, from previous editions of Dungeons and Dragons or other RPGs that you've played, the the rules are more simplistic, mm. and they're more sort of free flowing. There, you know, almost everything for mechanics does have a rule with it, but it's just it's man, it's hard to articulate. It's just an easier thing to learn, I think. Mm. Like I I. I had a tough time learning all the rules for other games that I played. And you still, you know, you're able to play these games without having to know all the rules. You know, players don't usually have to know all the rules. DM does. But it only took me a matter of a month or two to pretty much know everything there was to know about 5th edition. And it seems to me that when players, especially new players, come to join my groups... It's a very rare occasion that you have to explain, oh, no, you don't do that this way. You do that this way. Most people just sort of get it. It's very intuitive, I guess, is the best way to describe it. It's just Mm -hmm. an easy game to learn and a fun game to play. Thanks, Rob. It's been brilliant talking to you today. Thanks so much for your time. I appreciate it. Last word? Uh, Last word. People want to find me or uh, get involved with what I'm doing. Uh, you can look me up, Rob Tui, T-W-O-H-Y. Uh, I also go by R-O-B-2-E because it's just easier to see and say. But yeah, come to my Discord, come to my YouTube channel, follow me on Twitter, uh, go to my Patreon, do do anything, do it all. And and uh, I'm very approachable and very eager to uh, help people to, to learn, especially about uh, Fantasy Grounds, if that's what they're into. And Wednesday night is your open game, yeah? Yeah, Wednesday night is open game. Uh, also, Saturday we have what's called Battle Royale. You kind of need to be a little experienced to do that, but that is also an open game where you can come do PvP in an arena with D&D characters. <laughs> and D&D is absolutely not meant to be a PvP game, so that's kind of a, it's kind of fun, and we do that on Saturday nights. But there's a lot of things, uh, and if you come and get involved in the community and get on the Discord and hang out and meet people uh, and really fall in love with, uh how we do it you may end up in an actual campaign one day so there's that too thanks rob it's been brilliant talking to you all the best thank you you too hey guys 
Thanks for listening to today's episode. I need your help to raise awareness about Roleplay Rescue. Although this is an anchor podcast, it's also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Castbox, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Podbean, Radio Public, and Stitcher. Would you be willing to rate or otherwise review the show? Are there some positive words that you can share with anyone curious to know if Roleplay Rescue is any good? If you are willing, it'd really help me to get this show to the ears of those gamers who are trying to find a way back to the gaming table. Thanks for your time and support. It means so much to me that you not only listen to the show, but also so vocal about the impact it's having on you. Let's get the word out together. I hope you are enjoying Roleplay Rescue. If you ever want to get in touch, ask questions or share your point of view, you can leave me a voice message. You can also drop comments onto the Roleplay Rescue page on Facebook and the even more popular page on MeWe. Just search for Roleplay Rescue on those social media platforms and you can follow the pages with an easy click. You can even email me via hello at rpgrescue.com. I'm Che Webster. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next weekend with another episode of Roleplay Rescue. Game on. Game on.